and you're listening to episode 101 of the Irish Photography Podcast, where today's topics will be expectations and Instagram spotlight. I don't know who you are, but welcome to the Irish Photography Podcast. Sit back, relax, and listen about cameras, gear, settings, stories, and all things photography. Join Dermot and Darren on Ireland's Best Photography Podcast. Let's go. And you're very welcome to episode 101 of the Irish Photography Podcast. I'm today's host, Dermot O'Donovan, all the way from the beautiful County Limerick. And I'm joined, as always, by my intrepid co-host, Darren ah, J. Spoonley. Big word, big word. How are you, sir? How are you keeping? I'm marvellous, marvellous, yeah. I'm uh, after getting over my uh, mishap there from the episode 100, <laughs> yeah, I kind of completely wrecked my head. But sure, you know what? That's part and parcel, I suppose, really, of what we do. So, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. I'm uh, looking forward now as well to getting out. I believe you actually did get out early enough, I suppose, in the other morning. Yeah. So, delighted for you. I think it probably felt liberating, Dermot, to be able to get back out into the landscape again, I imagine, yeah? Yeah, yeah, but going back to your uh, no. mishap, no, I, I, no, I, I think you needed a, a hug or a bit of tough love or something because Jesus, I had to console you the other day. I thought you were going to break on me. Well, well, <laughs> look, anyway. do, do you know what? Right, I mean, we've been doing it long enough, and what really annoyed me most about it is that even when we were making it, we were saying about all the things that we've learned and that we'll never make the mistakes again with audio. Yeah. And you know what? Yeah. I did all the tests that, that I normally do, but. I don't know. For some reason, this thing didn't decide to do it. So rather than me blame yeah. the equipment, I blame myself. Yeah, come here. Shit happens. Yeah. Let's move on. Build a exactly. bridge. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So tell me, um, you got out. You got to uh, where? Yeah. Castle Connell, yeah? Yeah. So like we have the 5K rule. Did I bend it ever so slightly? Probably did, yeah, by driving in my van. But I, I don't mind. I'm okay with that. Look, I wasn't out to into a crowd of people in any way, shape or form. I was up. I was probably feckin' finished by the time, even before most people were even up. True story, yeah. So I met a buddy of mine, Gavin Sheehan. You know exactly who he is. He's the guy the who Rhino introduced King, yeah. me to the whole Rhino Slider and motion time lapses. Uh, so we met each other in a car park in Castle Connell up by the boathouse at 10 to 5 in the morning. So it was quite early, but I didn't mind. I kind of liked the idea of that because, like I said, I'm out, I'm taking my photographs, I'm doing my vlog, and while everyone is still in bed. And I was 5.5 kilometers to be precise, and I say that in my vlog, don't tell anyone I went 0.5 further than I should have. But look, I loved getting out. Darren, like as I say it in my vlog, it was like a drug being mm. out in mm. one with nature. I just, my excitement, like normally when I'm getting up for a vlog or a shoot or whatever or for a sunrise, and especially in the summer months, you have to get up really early. It's it it it's a chore. It's mm. hard. I mm. mean, like to scrape yourself out of that bed and try not to wake your wife or your kids because, you know, all hell's going to break loose if you wake one of them up. Mm -hmm. And so just keep quiet, get out the door and drive and... I was so excited from the minute my alarm went off and the excitement was building up inside me and building up and I was listening to music on the way over in the van. Normally I listen to podcasts all the time and all I could do is dance around in the van on the way over. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I get there, I get there, I get there. 
But yeah, it was just, it was amazing to get out. It was, it was great to meet up with Gavin. From two meters away as well, by the way, just in case anyone has a shit attack about it. I We did take precautions. We did stay far away from each other from uh, every moment we could. Yeah, and you know what? I think it's something that people need to be able to get back out as well. Soon enough, we'll be able to do it. Um, but even at that point, you will go, um, for me anyway, stir crazy. So, you know, I haven't really used the camera in the landscape since you and I were in Donegal. And last Saturday, actually, I kind of woke up in the morning and I went, all right, enough's enough. I want to be able to take some photographs today. So I started playing around in the back garden and uh, I got a photograph of uh, some birds. So I put the camera up on the wall and I used my Hanel Capture Pro and it just took the mm-hmm. photographs remotely as the birds came into land to get the bread. And um, got a couple of shots there and that was it. I said, you know what? I'm going to try and do something today. So I either have gone completely batshit crazy or I did something I think would actually help my photography overall because I photographed in the back garden. I mean, most people's back gardens, okay, they're the back garden. They're not exactly your wide open epic landscapes, but Mm -hmm. I kind of chose to go slightly differently. So I threw on my 70 to 200. And I started to get some, not macro, because it's not a macro lens, but started to get some close-ups is what I could do with at 200 mil getting down the ground. I mean, okay, I got the usual stuff. You know, my my subjects of choice were limited. I had daisies, I had buttercups, and I had oh, buttercups. I had two types of oh, dandelions. Yeah. I had the yellow ones and then the, the white ones. Um, the yellow ones. The but ones. you know what? Something interesting <laughs> happened is that um, I noticed then in the, in the afternoon, I suppose, the sun was high up. I mean, I was shooting during the day. Um, mm-hmm. So I had to go extremely fast shutter speed to be able to get what I wanted to get done, done. But then I noticed that there was bees. I think there were bees or wasps. I think there were wasps in here, but they weren't your standard looking bee. And I said, you know what? Wouldn't it be great if I could get a photograph of one of them in flight? So I kind of chased around bees around the garden. They were kind of like hovering in certain areas, but anytime I try and get close to them to get a shot, of course, they'd move away. So I had to be small bit strategic and uh, I got a few. And then I was like, okay, now how do I get it sharp? And I ended up having to take a photograph at one two thousandth of a second, which I've never done in the landscape. And I also had to change my ISO out of 100, which again, I never do in the landscape. So <laughs> it was completely out of the comfort zone. But you know what? It felt great when all of a sudden I look at the back of the camera and I went, oh, oh, hang on, hang on. Did I get you it? You have something. Yeah. And, you know, and then I turned the dial and I come in and I go, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Bang. Nailed it. And it, it actually yeah. is a great feeling to be able to do something like that. And, you know, um, maybe it was fluke. I don't know. But I managed to get a few of them. It wasn't just one shot that I got. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with it. I actually made a vlog of it as I well. Know. And I called the vlog Stir Crazy. It'll come out on Sunday. So uh, people will see, have I gone stir crazy? Or maybe I've actually learned something new. But it was definitely, like I say, liberating to be able to use the camera again. And I'm envious of you being able to get out. I can't wait now to get out. Yeah. Because there's a friend of mine, actually, he lives down by Ballycotton. And uh, he lives right on the beach. So he walks out of his house and it's 200 meters and he's on the beach. Um, wow. And uh, he said to me today, he said, oh, I was down there yesterday. It was a crazy storm. He said, they started bringing in this log. He said, the log, he said, it must be 20, 30 feet long. And I, he said, it reckons it's about a meter wide. And he sent me a picture Jesus. of it today that he took with his phone. And I went, oh, man, like you get that with Ballycotton Lighthouse in the distance with this thing on the thing yeah. with the waves coming in over on top of it. So I'd love to be able Hopefully. to get out and shoot that. But it'll probably be gone because the tide will take it back out if it brought it back in. But yeah. Really excited now and can't wait to be able to uh, get back out. We'll get there. Well, speaking of getting back out and the topic one for today is expectations. Now, normally you and I talk about our expectations when we have something 
big on the horizon, something that's coming up, mm-hmm. like me going to Lanzarote or me going to uh, Don't say Norway, Summer Smarway, something that rhymes with that, or, <laughs> or the Dolomites, um, or the Dolomites. Yeah, Dolomites, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so now we have a talk about expectations and going to those places and what we can do with our time and what we want to do. So I put the question to you, since you're talking about Valley Cotton and all that, but is that your first port of call? Or is is landscape photography a port of call for you? Or is there something else in your bag of tools? Because I do know, I do know that something has come to your house quite soon. But I'd want to say in case, <laughs> I don't know, in case you're not supposed to. So what's the story with you? What's going on? What's, what's going to happen as soon as the restrictions get a bit more lenient towards us. Well, I put it this way to you. I'm so excited. I have all my batteries charged, ready to go. And, uh, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm ready to just pop everything into the bag. But I am missing something from my bag. And it's something that, you know, broke, as you know, when we were in the Dolomites. And there was an announcement happened during the whole lockdown of a release of a brand new drone. So I said, you know what? I was going to go for the Mavic Pro 2, which is the one that you have. Uh, I actually was going to go for the Mavic Pro 3, but because of the whole corona, I think that's been sideswiped. And also another manufacturer as well came out with a drone which kicked DJI's ass, basically, in regards to the settings that it had or the spec that it yeah. had. So DJI have now released the Mavic Air 2. And I normally wouldn't be from a consumer drone point of view because I'd say, you know what, it's not designed for what I wanted for. But this is. So... I'm really looking forward now, number one, to getting it. So I'm tracking it and looking. It's been manufactured. It's on the way from Shenzhen in China. Hopefully it hasn't taken the slow boat from China. It's taken the fast plane. No, they do, they do take the fast one because when I got the Osmo Pocket, it came from Shenzhen, China as well. And it was actually ridiculously fast postage. So, but it's going to reach you sooner than you think. It will. And, you know, it's an exciting piece of gear, man, because, you know, okay, oh, it has a half-inch sensor, but it's managing to get a 48-megapixel image. And I've seen some test images online, and they actually look quite good. Now, I think it does a bit of okay. pokery-pokery and kind of stacks Stitchy. a couple of images together, yeah. But I do think uh, it would be quite interesting from that point of view. But moreover, you know, it's 4K video. I'm used to that has a great range never did i want to bring it that far anyway but it has a 34 minute flight time and the price of it was very 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 attractive so you know it's, what's the price darren well i think the, the drone that's on is 850 euro and then i decided to okay. go for the uh fly more combo so that's 1049 euro but even at okay. 1049 euro i mean you look online there for the mavic pro 2 with the fly more combo what is it 1800 euro or something like that um so yeah. almost double the price. And I figured, you know what, for what I want to use it for, it's perfect because I don't really take that many images anyway, but I'll try and see what the images are like. I use it for video, but it does have a very sexy feature, which is 8K time-lapse. And I'm looking oh. to see what that's going to do from a drone point of view. So it's not really of where I go, because I go anywhere, um, but it's what I'm going to do when I get back out. Uh, and I'm going to definitely try and get back up into the air and then looking forward now to, to receiving that. But you know what? Something as well that happened during the whole lockdown was that the video that I released last week, I kind of called it my ode to the landscape because I was missing the landscape so much. And it was footage that I shot back in January and it probably would never have seen the light of day because I we went to, we went to the Dolomites, you know, so I yep. said, okay, I start to bring out that content. But as I was making it, I became more and more and more longing 
for getting back out into the landscape. So once I get back out, I think it's going to be phenomenal. It's going to be liberating for sure, but definitely from a mental health point of view. And we spoke about it many times before, and particularly for me, it's my release. It's my release from the normal world where I can go out and be at one with nature. It sounds corny, but it's, there's a huge amount to it because yeah, you've got all the sounds that are around you. You've got all the smells that are around you. Now we've we've missed the spring. So we've missed a lot of the bloom that would happen in the forests and stuff like that. So thankfully this year, we didn't see that many bluebell images because most people couldn't get out to find some yeah. woodland that had bluebells unless you were lucky enough to have it close by. But I definitely am going to bring that out and I'm going to bring that for a spin. Cool, cool. How about oh, you? You're, you're, you're going to love it. I mean, like, Having the Mavic 2 Pro is just, it, it's it's helped my photography and my videography come on leaps and bounds. And I have no doubt that the Mavic Air 2 is going to be something similar for you also. So can't wait for it to see what you come up with. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for me, it's a scuba diving season for me. It's just, like I said, my scuba diving has been put in pause and I have big aspirations for myself this year. Uh, from a photographic standpoint under the water because I even then went away and joined the club to put myself into competition to kind of force me to get better because if I, I, I probably would have gotten better ever so slightly but the fact that I've pushed myself forward into competition it kind of puts a bit of more pressure onto me to kind of come up with the goods. So the second that this thing lifts and I'm allowed to go somewhere I'm gone Darren and I won't be coming home for about five days and that's been totally truthful because I have four scuba tanks there and what I'll do is I'll go somewhere in West Clare and I can drive back into Kilkee and get four tanks refilled and then go back off to my campsite wherever I am. And it's probably going to be a place called the Blue Pool. It's up there past, I know, just before Dune Beg. Mm-hmm. And it's an absolutely beautiful location. I'm not going to give anyone the coordinates because, yeah, I'm selfish. I am downright selfish and I just don't want you going there because I don't want you spoiling the place for me because if loads and loads of people go to this spot then people aren't going to be happy like I'm lucky enough now to have not a friendship but a a shoe in with the the farmer the owner of the land so I'm okay Mm -hmm. I can go in whenever I want to and I can go scuba diving whenever I want to I just maybe have to send a text ahead Um, now I do know some fishermen go up and they go in I don't know if they text ahead or not they probably don't but they go fish but not many know about it where the location is but yeah I'm going up there I'm going to have the camper van finished and like I put down carpet this week into the van to give it an extra layer of insulation and the bed is going in as of in two days time and also the shelving as well so the van is almost it's more or less ready Mm -hmm. it's just it'll be ready by the end of the week so the second anything drops that we're allowed to go somewhere, that's where I'm actually going. So I'm just going to bring the two kids at me. I'll leave Trish at home because she's very busy with work at the moment. I don't want to distract her from doing that. She's doing a great job here at home. So I'll leave her here, bring the kids away. She'll have a bit of space, headspace then as well also. And the kids will have mighty crack. We'll have barbecues, we'll have drinks and food and scuba diving galore. And my dad will probably come along as well. So I'll pitch a tent also. We'll have we'll, we'll have plenty of room and loads of fun, like, you know. So and then there's Mike Ort, he'll probably want to come along. He won't you'll have to pull him out of the water and <laughs> he'll be kicking and screaming because he won't want to come out. Cause that dude, I mean, like when you go scuba diving for Nudibrank, which is the size of a, a, a my thumbnail or our baby fingernail, 
you don't have to go too deep. Like you can go to about 10 meters and eight meters and you can find loads of them. And if you watch your air and breathe at that level, like like Mike last summer was under the water in one tank of air for two hours. Wow. And people are starting to get worried. Uh, where is he? Like, uh, are we going to have to ring the fucking Coast Guard? He should be up by now. Like, mm-hmm. but no, he's, he's, he's good with his air anyway. But that's that's my expectation. It's scuba diving galore, and I can marry that into the landscape and do a vlog from the blue pool. Then, from a landscape perspective, also because the scenery is there is beautiful, and on top of it, I'm bringing my kayak because we need to catch our dinner. We need to go full camping, fucking style, like mm-hmm. like put put the kayak into the sea, bring my fishing rod, mackerel. That's what we're cooking for dinner. Mm. Cut it fresh, gut it onto the barbecue, and boom into the bellies and there's nothing better than fresh mackerel oh it's absolutely gorgeous it's lovely make sure you bring your surfboard now as well because you know you have that now how long oh do you know what it's it's not a bad idea it genuinely is not a bad idea because where i'm going is a place baltered bay is to the left of that it's literally like that's where i'll be putting the kayak in is in Balter bay and if it does get rough that's one of them prime Mm. Surf spots mm. in the whole of Clare. Mm. Like you've got fucking um oh what's his name? Oh Jesus, he's Ollie, Ollie O'Flaherty. I remember he was at the stag party, he was teaching us yes. how to surf like. Like I've been talking to him uh often enough there a few months back we we're trying to set up a shoot that I was gonna do a vlog of photographing him in the water as sure. a surfboard and then he doubles up and gets lovely footage and photographs then uh, what he's surfing. And then we're talking about, um, have I done it before? I was like, I haven't. And he's like, okay, we need to put you in a safe environment rather than chucking you into the deep end, really, like, you know, like like down Aliens Wave. That's not happening straight yeah, away. Yeah, like, for sure. To easier way into it. So he was saying, we may, might start in Baltard Bay, you know, <laughs> it might be spot on for me you know an interesting one now to think about as well in regards to expectations and when we get back out again is okay from the scuba diving point of view everybody as you say Mike Art is going to want to get out every opportunity he can get out from a landscape yeah. point of view I think a lot of people don't want to get out and they're going to go to the same places so you know you could have a potential there that all of a sudden the moment that people can get out they're going to get out and everybody is transcending onto the one area to get some photographs so it's not going to be as bad, I don't think, in Ireland as it's going to be in the hot spots. Like you look at, the, say, for example, the likes of, say, Iceland. Once that opens up again, how is that going to be with everybody wanting to go and catch the first flights into Iceland? Talking to some of the guys that live in England, you know, they want to go to the Lake District. Okay, how many people are going to want to go to the Lake District? How many people are want to go to the iconic spots? Like, you know, again, look at say, Wicklow, at Glendalock. You'll have not just photographers there. You're going to have a lot of walkers, a lot of hikers, people who want to get out for the exercise which is exactly what the whole area has been designed for. So you potential have there is a lot, a lot of people all trying to transcending and it's really, really busy in the first place. And you may not actually enjoy it then because there could be too many people there. So it's an interesting thing to think about about when we come back out the other end of this. I think it's going to be kind of a case of catch 22, to be honest, Joe. You got, but you know what, Darren, the world will never be the same after this. Never. It really won't. Never. I'm never going to get as close to someone and I think it's ingrained in my head that I have ever been for. Like, I'm a very happy-go-lucky person. You know, mm-hmm. I like to talk to people. I like to get close. I, I, I like to hug people. You know, I like to shake hands. I like, to f- I like to be intimate with people, the human race. I love people. I love engaging with people. I love talking. So I don't, I'm going to be the still, still be the same bubbly character, but I'm not going to 
be outgoing with my hands or my human body or my, my personal space. And I think that going forward is not going to change. I mean, like, yeah, I'm going to come a bit closer and I will shake your hand, but I don't think I'm going to be going in for, well, buddy, miss you, a big hug, like, or, or whatever. I'm not going to stay in chat and close contact. And, you know, I'm just going to be very weary about myself. And I think, you know, I'm not the only one. I think a lot of people are going to be like this for the, for the rest of their lives. You know, I, I, like if you look at the videos throughout the years of China, you see these people wearing these masks for years. They've been wearing them for years. Mm-hmm. And now it's only in Ireland and England and the rest of the world that we're starting to wear them. I think moving forward that people are going to be wearing those on a continual basis, even when this uh, virus is gone or whatever, or we can live with it with a vaccine or something. I don't know. Well, you're, you're still going to have that even when people go back to work in the workplace. I mean, you think about saying things are going to change. The workplace is going to change dramatically. People who work in offices are not going to be working in an office ever again the way they have been working in the past. You're going to have to wear gloves when you're in the office. If you're using shared spaces, you're going to have to wear gloves. If you're using the canteen, you're going to have to do it in different segments where you can't have more than one or two people in the canteen, depending on the the space that it has. You're going to have to have cleaning things on your own desk, and you're also potentially going to have to be wearing masks. And, you know, something I said at the beginning of all of this as well is that, you know, we follow suit in regards to the other countries. People going out and about will have to wear masks and you'll get used to it. You'll see a lot of it. And like I say, you know, things are going to change. Things are going to change dramatically. And I really am interested to see how these honeypot spots where you get a lot of people all at once in the one area are really going to fare out because you say it there. Okay, you're going to be more conscious of your personal space. Okay, so if you go out taking a photograph and it's a busy photographic location, you're not going to want people next to you with a tripod. You're not going to, no. you know, and are you going to turn around to somebody and say, hey, buddy, back off there, please? Not because you're taking my composition, but because I don't want you anywhere near me. I don't know who you are, nothing against you, yeah. but it's just a general way of life. And I think our expectations are going to be somewhat different to the reality that we've had in the past. And I think, look, okay, you know, the human race will always be able to, you know, survive or evolve or get better and stuff like that. Yeah. But, you know, I think definitely, um, even how we, we get our gear and how often we, you know, do things with our gear. Camera clubs is a perfect example. You know, when can a camera club go back to meet in the group scenario? Yeah. It's going to be quite difficult. Even if you look at there with the SACC, uh, you know, Mark did a video in regards to the entries that they had for the contest. Well done, Mark, by the way. Well done, awesome Mark. Video. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and even at that, you know, clubs aren't going to be able to do club meetups. Workshops aren't going to be available for a long period of time either. Um, mm. You know, and that's going to be a challenge. And I think it's a completely different, pardon the pun, landscape that we're going to be dealing with. But it's definitely something I think that overarching for me is the fact that I'll be out, that I'll be getting the light. And I mean, my God, did you see the amount of beautiful conditions that we've had? Don't start, I mean, don't start it, me because I, I'm, I'm about to lose the rag. I'm going like there's basking sharks all over count. No, I'm not. I'm not starting now. No, I'm not starting. Do you know what? No, no, we won't because my. Exp- I, I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry. Do you know what? We need to stop this conversation. Look, there are our expectations. I'm really excited from. I we need to go again. I, I'm breaking down two weeks in a row. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Listen, <laughs> do you know what? I think it's quite right. And, uh, I suppose I'd, I'd like to throw the question out there to our listeners. You know, what are their expectations? Yeah. What are they going to do with the first thing that they get released from this parole or get parole from the <laughs> sentence that we have? Where are you going to go? Yeah. What are you going to do? Is it something that right now, like we said at the beginning of this, that you've learned 
a new craft. You've honed your skills. You've downloaded courses. You've practiced and practiced and practiced. And now you can get back out into the wild to test all those skills. So I'd love for our listeners to let us know on the Facebook group. um, What are you going to do? What's your first thing, your second thing? What are you most looking forward to? What are you not looking forward to? What are your expectations? Let us know in the Facebook group. If you search Facebook for the Irish Photography Podcast, we'd love to hear and uh, continue the conversation there. Awesome. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back in two minutes. Hello, everybody. My name is Thomas Heaton, landscape photographer and YouTube extraordinaire. And this is the Irish Photography Podcast. I'm Gavin Hardcastle and you're listening to the Irish Photography Podcast. Motherfucker! And you're very welcome back to episode 101 of the Irish Photography Podcast. And like I said at start, guys, we have the Insta Spotlight back. And I think this is something that's close to Darren's heart. So it was my turn to tip, uh, pick the topics this week as I'm hosting. And I think I made him happy by picking these, uh, these subject matters. So, yeah. I think I owe it to myself because I didn't. I was sneaky about it. I didn't say anything about it. Kind of bring it back up. So I think uh, it was well deserved that I do it. So with the Insta Spotlight, we normally talk about a photographer, and then we'll talk about three photographs from the Sunday showcase. So I'm going to pick. I said it right. You did. Don't look at me you like did. that. <laughs> so we're going to pick our Insta Spotlight right now. And can we have a drum roll, please? And it is Keith Arkins. And I was almost, I was almost bribed <laughs> to have Keith Arkins as the Insta Spotlight. And uh, he'll know why himself. But uh, no, in fairness, he does deserve uh, a bit of Insta Spotlight because dude is actually ridiculously talented and a very very good photographer and more and what's even better about Keith is that he's a fun loving guy and he's really, he's really um down to earth you know you can really have the banter with the dude and he you know he'll crack you up and everything so i think it's something that's well deserved and while just read out his bio on his instagram spotlight and you can find him at k underscore arkins underscore photography He's got 61 posts, so he needs to work a bit more, post a bit more on Instagram. I'm no saint in it either. I can get lazy. And he's only got 594 followers. For a dude with a portfolio like this, I think he's well deserving of far more than that. So, guys, jump over, show Keith a bit of love, follow him on Instagram. Now, he has, uh, like I said, 61 posts, and I love, absolutely love seascape photography it's something that i think that's his niche that's where he belongs his compositions are just really really solid and i love the light that he has in all his photographs none of them are really uh overblown in any way shape or form and he just has these lovely kisses of light on these uh rocks and all these rock formations i think is really really good and he's got a lovely shot dead as well down hookhead lighthouse and the light they got on that photograph on the rocks is just sublime. I mean, like, top-notch the keys. What do you think of this portfolio, Darren? 
I really, really like it. Um, you know, we actually picked Keith's one of his images from the Sunday Showcase um, <laughs> profiles that we did in the past. And at the time, I remember looking at the photograph and thinking, wow, okay, this is a beautiful shot. But then when you look at his Instagram profile, I don't think it's just seascape more so. I see more from a waterfall point of view and, a flu- and definitely water. So not necessarily directly yeah. from the sea. But, you know, you look some of the shots there taken in Wicklow. Um, are absolutely beautiful. You know, the the exposure is great. The composition is great. Um, the color treatment, again, you know, you can see a theme that's running through the entire Instagram profile, uh, yeah. or the grid. Yeah. And, you know, I really, really like that. But there's a couple of them as well there. I think that the light, again, we've said it before, you know, composition is something that I think is great for a photograph, but light is what makes it stand out even more so. And there's a couple of photographs there uh, with some beautiful light. There's one there, which is Ballinafa Church, and it's just a church and the sun is there. It's in the image. You can see that the sun is over is overexposing the image, but it's not because he's managed to to control that sky and you get some beautiful light coming down with a groove that's made by the tractor in the field. And you get nice contrast yeah. within that, but then leading up to the uh, the church. And I really like that image because it just basically jumps off the uh, the screen for me. And another one as well, I suppose, that I do like, and that's down to the... Um, seascape point of view and actually you know what and i look at this image now i think yeah you know i think i, I know where i'm going to go first and i'm going to go to belly duan um and i'm probably yeah. going to go down to the copper coast and um take some photographs there because there's some beautiful photographs that he's taken along there um where you get the flow flow of the water as it's going back out hits one of the stones that are in front you get a beautiful leading line and again his exposure time is spot on uh you know Dealing in different light, as we know, can be a challenge. And a lot of people find seascape photography quite hard because, you know, it is true that there's a lot of movement there. You've got a lot that you need to be contending with. But I think, you know, if you can control the light and you get your composition right, then all you're doing is waiting for that wave. And what he's done on some of these images is wait for the wave to come in. And then as the wave is going back out again, you capture that shot, you get the lovely streaks of water that come back out and it really does lead the eye through the image. And it's one of the things that I love about seascape photography. And again, I've said it, I don't know how many times I've given up at this stage, most times I've said it, but you know, every single image is unique because the water flow is different in every single shot, just like wave photography. Yes. But you can get so much from waves as they're coming in, but definitely when the wave is going back out. I think it's a great grid and a fantastic pick as well, I think, Dear image. And you know what? Yeah. Um, wasn't you said that there on the 100 podcast we couldn't remember who was the person? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was part of the reason why he messaged me after. Uh-huh. Like, uh, yeah, I was uh, the one who tagged you in the the uh, Roadcaster Pro fucking video from uh, Jared Poland. Yeah, I was like, feck it. I said, I had a brain fart. I couldn't think of who tagged me. Like, you know. Yes. No. But, um, yeah. In fairness to him, no, it, it was a great idea from to tag you. And you know, as we said it in the hundred episode, it was the game changer. Um, yes. And he, you know, yeah, you did break all records. You did surprise him in regards to the level of gas. But sure, look, I knew that anyway. But I think that was kind of <laughs> quite clear then to everybody else that you are the king of gas. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. So, Keith Arkins, thank you very much. I'm delighted to announce that you are the Insta Spotlight photographer uh, during the month of May. So, if you can graciously look at Keith's portfolio on Instagram, like I said, it's K underscore Arkins underscore photography on Instagram. And also, you can check out 
Darren's profile on Instagram, Darren J. Spoonie Photography, and my own DOD Photography on Instagram also. And follow the Irish Photography Podcast on Instagram. So there are the four accounts that you need to go follow if you don't follow any of us. Go do it now. Don't wait. Just go do it now while you're listening because you are awesome and so are we. <laughs> You'll thank him later. <laughs> so let's jump over to our Sunday Showcase picks. And what we're going to do, what we always kind of seem to have done in previous months, Darren, was that we'll pick three images each. We do not tell each other what images we do pick. And if one overlaps, so be it. All right. So since I'm hosting tonight, I'm going to graciously give you the first pick. Oh, really? The first yeah. pick? This doesn't happen often. I'm being nice tonight. I don't know why. what's wrong with me. All right. Know. Okay. Well, I'm going to take, uh, uh, I'm going to pick an image here, which... Like I said earlier on, you know, we've had some fantastic conditions over the last number of weeks and months, and it's really kind of hurts me every time when I look at the skies and I can't get out and can't get the photos. And something that yeah. I wish that I lived in the city centre because, you know, I think you get some beautiful photographs around Cork and stuff like that. So it's an image by McSnapagram, and it's one that he took oh, uh, yeah. from the Keys, and it is a fantastic photograph. I think, you know, I really, really like not only the light, but the reflection that's done and the colors that are in the sky are unbelievable. Um, and I suppose, you know, I really do kind of like the image quite a lot. But most importantly, the reason why is because it's from Cork, like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's Cork, Cork like. Why? Um, but no, it's okay. a beautiful shot. It's at the brand new buildings, actually. I think it's uh, Millennium Square. It's not Millennium Square. Uh, Navigation Square, I think it's called. Close to 1 Albert Key. It's the new building there where they've transformed the, the harbour, let's just say. Or the, yeah. But it's a beautiful photograph. And uh, yeah, that's my first pick uh, from McSnapagram. So yeah, thanks for uh, well sharing done. the image in the group. Yeah, it was awesome. I loved it. I actually really love it. Now, it's not my tree, uh, but I was tempted to pick it. Don't get me wrong. It's just like we... Was 64 pictures to choose from. It was hard. It's hard. Like the talent that we have in this group is just, it's phenomenal. It is. You know, it's it really is like. Um, so I'll go to my first image and it is an image from Travis Warner, right? And I just fell in love with this image the second I saw it. It has this beautiful green field in the foreground and you have a middle ground, which is kind of a brownie kind of white. And then it has this like little castle in the distance and then the sky is lovely kind of yellow orange. I mean, it's got so many layers and so many depths to the image that it's just unbelievable. And look at the tonal range in the photograph. There's no blown highlights. There's detail absolutely everywhere. It is tack sharp. It's a fantastic image. And to buck the trend ever so slightly, if you turn that image 90 degrees, it looks like the Irish flag. It's got green, mm -hmm. white, and gold. Mm -hmm. And that's what just appealed to me straight away. I'm like, oh my God, it's like an Irish flag photograph mm. in the landscape. It It is you a know? stunning image. And you know what? It was very close to me to pick it as well, to be fair, but I could only pick three. But one thing I do like about the image, not just everything you mentioned there, but it's actually the clouds because that's rain that's coming down there and the light is coming in through that as well. And it's just wow. perfect conditions, the right place, the right time, the composition is bang on and you really want to see, oh, hang on, what's that? Is it a castle? You want to see more. Um, yeah. And again, simplistic, but not simplistic at the same point. And definitely I would agree with you on uh, that choice. Like I said, it, it nearly yeah. made my, uh, my three. But you know what? If I'm, I'm delighted the castle stayed in the middle. 
if you put it on the rule of thirds, I, I probably wouldn't have looked at it the same. Yeah, but the castle, I think, is the yeah. smallest part in regards to the overall image. The whole scene itself yeah. added to that composition. So yeah. I'm delighted that yeah. it wasn't done, as you say, putting it on the rule yeah. of thirds. Pick number two. Okay, uh, second one for me is a from a fo photograph from a guy called Cormac McMullen. It's the moonrise in Sandy Mount, Dublin. And it's an image, it actually, when I saw it, it reminded me of the photograph that I took of you when we were up in um, Don Patrick Head with the light that we had, with the wave breaking in the background and you were stood there uh, with the light hitting yeah. the wave above you. And what this is, it's the moon. It's the full moon, obviously, and it's a small band of cloud that's going through it as well. So it adds a small bit of mystery to it. But you've got a single solitary figure standing on the water's edge. But what I love about it is that they're standing and breaking the reflection of the moon. Um, so you can see them stand out even more so. I really like the image. I think it's one that, again, you know, you kind of feel as if you're within the scene. And what I most like about it was is that, you know, okay, we just had the last supermoon of the year. And typically, of course, and maybe it was just in Cork, I think it must have been, but I couldn't see it because there was so much cloud. But I'd see a lot of images that were appearing from people. And there were some fantastic images. I mean, look, you know, as an honourable mention, I mean, Anthony Lynch got an absolutely astounding image of the moon um, where he That's composed right, yeah. it, that it was hanging from one of the cranes um, in, in Dublin. But, you know, on this one, for me, I just really like the human element that's within that. And I like where they're positioned within the shot and the way the light, light, like I say, is in behind them and it makes them jump off it. So from a moon point of view, this one jumped at me and uh, yeah, I really, really liked it. So uh, yeah, well done, Cormac. Great and thanks for sharing. Great picture. So my second picture is from Mike Lavery and this shot is somewhere where John Myler has sh actually shot quite often and it's a shot in Bally Yalla in County mm, County Ennis Jesus image. mother of God County feckin Ennis. Ennis shoot me now shoot me now County Clare <laughs> County, County Ennis. Ennis how the hell did I say I that Jesus Christ oh, it's in Ennis so it's I mean this jumped out at me straight away simply from a compositional point of view he used his lily pads so cleverly as a leading line, drawing you up over onto the right side of the image, kind of these dark kind of woodland photography with this lovely glowing light to the right-hand side, just giving it a soft diffused light over that kind of ridge. And the skyline then is really moody, very kind of sinister, and it's just a lovely, lovely image. And not only that, he's got a lovely reflection down the bottom right hand corner also so there's a lot of things coming together in the image well done mike love it you know what I, I go one small step further on that one it's not just about what you mentioned uh yeah the lily pads are a great point but if you look at the reflection in the water do you see more of the sky in the water so you can see where the sun was setting behind the trees but when you look at the reflection in the water you can see how the clouds themselves cut that sun um, so yeah. it, it's a really moody image. It's, you know, most people would think, okay, hang on, I got to get those trees bright. No, you don't. Um, those trees are perfectly done within the image and you want people to say, okay, what am I looking at first and foremost? And that's the important thing for me. You know, yes, the lily pads, I mean, he didn't go into the water and line up the lily pads in that way, but he positioned himself that it's perfectly done and it really does draw you through the image. And I really enjoy that image as well. Yeah, that, that's a, that's a second, uh, yeah choice as well that I would have also picked but we haven't picked it so we, we're still yeah. two for two so far 
Yeah. I dropped, maybe he did get into water. Maybe he put in a scuba gear and kind of swam around and put them over here and put them over here. Never know. Maybe. 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 <laughs> but anyway, yeah. third choice, Darren. Let's see if we can uh, match one up. Okay. Uh, the third choice for me is an image in North Wexford Coast, sunrise on Saturday morning from Catherine Doyle. And I really like the image. Um, and there's a number of things that I like about it. I think the way the, the way the photograph was taken, the sun is right on the horizon. You've got a nice bank of clouds that's right above that, so you can see some nice texture in the clouds. The composition is on the rocks, and you've got a bit of water that's flowing uh, within it. But what I love most and what strikes me the most, and the first thing that I saw when I looked at the image, is the light that's bouncing off the rock that's directly in the foreground. So the sunlight is coming in through this Ooh, channel, nice. and it's hitting off that rock. Uh, and that straight away grabbed my attention. And then I'm looking into the image and trying to explore more. You know, I think it's really, really nice. There is a lot going on, but yet it's that light that brings it to me. You know, and I, I think, yeah, for me, that's my choice. So again, like, you know, Katrin, thanks for uh, for sharing that one in the Facebook group. Yeah, I almost picked that as well. So we are three for three, three totally different images. Very close to picking at Catherine's image as well. Very strong. Well done, Catherine. Beautiful image. Mm -hmm. But my last image of the day comes from Kev SC and it says he revi revisited his favorite tree on his isolation bike ride. So it's an image. I don't know where he is in the world. It's a beautiful scene. It's got all the, it's a black and white mono image and he's just got so much going on. I mean, like it's a moody trend for me this week. I mean, the clouds are again, very aggressive, sinister. You feel almost like, wow, what the hell is going on here? And it's got pockets of light all over the image then right in the middle ground just before this kind of lone tree that's lit up on its own around all these dark trees and i just i love it i really do like it and then it's got like all these sown seeds or as leading lines bringing you up into the tree and class image i absolutely i adore it very envious actually i i would love to pull off an image like that someday and I suppose, you know, when you look at that uh, from an image, right, it is very striking. I think uh, for me, the part on that is the cloud. Mm. The lines in the ground, the, 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 the farmer has sown that field, obviously, and it's bringing you up to where the light is. But the cloud for me is what the menacing part of it is. And then you have to explore what's in the rest of it. It's uh, yeah, really, really striking image. Uh, and I do like the treatment of it as well. I agree with you. So, yeah, man, we've got Three for three, we, you know, it was really, really hard, yeah. as you said, man. There was 64 people that put in images. And yeah. the, the quality this week in particular, I think, has been exceptionally high. It's very hard, as always, for us just to pick three images. Um, but we try, and look, we know we've picked six images, and I think we could still pick another... What? Oh, we could go on and on. Yeah, another yeah. 58 more, like, you know. <laughs> very true, very true. So we'll, we'll stop there just in case this podcast goes slightly over time and we'll just go for one more quick break and we'll be right back with Darren's favourite segment <laughs> <of> the year. <laughs> the news. Are you tired of running out of power at that crucial moment? Do you need to charge two batteries simultaneously or charge on the go while in your car? The award-winning ProCube 2 from Hanel has got you covered. Available for Canon, Nikon, Sony and Panasonic. Visit Hanel.ie 
and you're very welcome back to episode 101 of the Irish Photography Podcast and we're going to jump over to Dermot with the news. Thanks Dermot. <laughs> Adobe Max 2020 will be an online event that's free for everybody. Now, isn't that great news, Darren? Absolutely amazing. So earlier today, Adobe officially announced that its largest annual conference, Adobe Max, will be moving online. The company promises to make Digital Max 2020 one of the most immersive, imaginative and innovative digital events of the year that will be open to everyone at no cost. As with the 99U conference, the move was prompted by ongoing COVID-19 pandemic and with 99U, the expensive conference will now be free to anyone who wants to attend. Digital Max 2020 will take place between October 19th and 21st. And like previous Max conferences, Adobe is planning to unveil the latest Creative Cloud innovations and broadcast inspirational talks from some of the world's foremost creative leaders. While we won't be seeing you in person, we're planning an immersive event that stays true to the max spirit of mind-blowing creativity and inspiration, says Adobe. So you can still learn from your design heroes, see the latest Adobe Creative Cloud and ignite your passion for all forms of creativity. And the magic of Max will be open to everyone at no cost. Darren, isn't this absolutely amazing? Well, you probably won't watch because there's too many buttons maybe, but still it's great for the world to get to do this and see this, especially for us being in Ireland, that we can't go to America to Adobe Max and like we can see it live from our offices, our sitting rooms. Okay, two things, two things for you. Adobe Max, is it a con- competition? It's a conference. It's like a like ah, the photography show in Birmingham. Okay. It's, it is, this is a massive thing. This is huge. Okay, yeah, because, you know, I think it is... Like I said earlier on, and we both said, you know, things are going to change. You know, the landscape of everything is going to change going forward. I mean, how are companies going to be able to get their audience engaged with a product if they can't go see it? And I mean, I think it's a great idea. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do bring out. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm not a fan, as I said before, uh, of being potentially ripped off, let's just say, from software and updates and stuff like that, because you're not just buying it once, you're constantly having to pay for it. But at the same point now, this is interesting because, you know, you'll be able to see everything that's happening from the comfort of your chair. Now, I put one caveat to that. You go to a conference, you've got everything happening. You see the time schedules, you can go, it's a a day out or two days out or whatever it may have been. But you've got a huge expense to travel, but you can pick the things that you want to go see. So I think it's going to be a challenge for them to keep the engagement of people over a long period of time, because that's a long time to be watching on your computer um, for different things that are happening. But absolutely, yeah, hats off to Adobe, fair play. Uh, You know, they're kind of thinking outside the box because they want to get their message out there to the bigger audience. And what better way to do it than use technology? Very true. So Apple's iPhone 12 models probably won't arrive until September or October, but frequently Apple leaker Max Weinbach has just shared some very exclusive information about the upcoming phones through the YouTube channel, Everything Apple Pro. It's important to note up from Weinbach's reputation is mixed. As pointed out by Mac rumors, he's leaked accurate information before about both design and software elements, but has also shared some information that was either scrapped or it wasn't accurate in the first place. 
that said, all of the information contained in today's leaks seems completely reasonable and very likely to wind up in Apple's next generation iPhone. So Bernard says himself that he's not mad about uh, iPhone and phone photography, but this is something that could really perk the ears of a lot of people. In terms of the camera, Weinbach claims that the iPhone 12 Pro model will feature a three times telephoto zoom lens, improved smart HDR software, and even better low light performance. Auto white balance improvements, sensor shift, uh, i.e. IBIS, uh, image stabilization, and a two and a three times boost in autofocus performance thanks to a LiDAR sensor that everyone expects to see on both of the Pro models, similar to the sensor on the newest iPad Pro. So, is iPhone photography the newest craze that people are really going to kind of start taking seriously, or are we all going to stay with our SLRs? I would like to add something to that story, if I may. Go for it, boy. We all use our phones. It's in our pocket every day. The old cliche, the best phone, or the best camera that you have is the one that you have, right? Uh, the one that you have on yes. you. If you look at what the manufacturers have done, you look at the Huawei P40. Thomas Heaton actually made a video on it there last week. They sent him one to try, and he normally wouldn't do videos like that, but he was so impressed with it. He said, you know what? I'm going to give it a go. One thing that really struck me about it, and this is where I think the difference comes in now with the iPhone. Like the iPhone has had, has, I think it's had a floating sensor in previous iterations of the iPhone. So that's nothing new. Okay. Auto white balance is a software thing. But this Huawei has three lenses and behind each lens is three individual sensors. Not just three different lenses that are all feeding onto the one sensor. So I think there was something like a 55 megapixel image or something like that on a phone. Um, Jesus Christ. And, you know, when you look at that and where it's going to go, I don't think it's ever going to replace the DSLR. I don't think it's ever going to replace a mirrorless camera. But what it is going to do is give your average Joe soap more bang for their buck in regards to what they can produce. And, like, even now, you look at your iPhone, you've got the iPhone, what, 11 or something like that, is it? Or 10 or something? Um, X, yeah, the good one, though. Okay. It's... Um the more expensive one out of the, the, the tens or whatever. Okay. Yeah. So you look at that and you compare that to when you had your iPhone 6 Plus and you were like, oh, I have the iPhone 6 Plus S. Uh, you know, and you had to throw... 7 Plus. Whatever, whatever. Right? So you had to throw in like the Plus and the S, right? And at that time, it was a yeah. phenomenal camera. Now you look back on that and it's still good, but it's nowhere near where they're going at this point. Where I think is that, where's it going to be in five years? And, you know, they did hint at something a number of years back as having the dual cameras would allow people to be able to record 3D. And I think that's potentially mm. where you will get the next iterations because you'll be able to do a kind of a virtual reality, but true live video. So people could see from an immersive point of view of what you're looking at because you've got the dual camera. So, yeah, I think it'll probably become more creative. Uh, it'll definitely allow people to be more creative on Instagram. Um but I don't definitely don't think it's going to replace the DSLR. I, I agree. So last topic for our news today, guys, and it comes from Canon. So the ESR6 announcement is going to be delayed until July. So Canon's much rumored and anticipated EOS R6, the mirrorless variant of the 6D lineup of the DSLRs was originally expected in May. 
but it sounds like we're going to have to wait a little while longer for this full-frame mirrorless camera to officially arrive. According to Canon rumours, multiple sources are saying that Canon has been forced to delay the announcement of the EOS R6 until July and pushing shipping of the camera until the quarter three of 2020. Assuming this remains the case, the camera should still arrive in plenty of time for the 2020 holiday season. But it is disappointing news for Canon mirrorless fans all the same. It seems the rumoured R6 will more or less come to replace the current ESR. And while it's expected to use a lower resolution image sensor, in many ways it will be a camera of the ESR should have been. Here are the anticipated specs which were originally leaked back in March. So it's going to have a 20 megapixel full frame sensor. It is going to have IBIS. 12 frames per second max with a mechanical shutter and it's going to have 20 frames max with electronic shutter 4k 60p 1080 120 frames uh, a second video capability and it's got dual car slots so compared to the eos r5 sources say the r6 will use a lower resolution evf lack the top down screen and represent a drop in overall build quality these trade-offs will hopefully also mean a very attainable price tag. For still shooters who still want to buy the RF ecosystem but aren't happy with the ESR and RP have to offer and they aren't interested in the eye-watering video specs of the Canon R5 is building, it is, sounds like we are going to have to wait a bit longer for the option to hit the market. Then again, we all kind of expected that, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> I was my eyes were still watering from the uh, the 8K video you were talking about in the R5. Um, you know, I mean, look, I'm a 6D Mark One shooter, and I've refrained from changing the camera because you know it's working perfectly fine for me. There are certain things that I do like about the OSR, and I used the OSRP that time when we I had it on loan from Canon when we went to uh, Kerry, and I was very impressed with the whole mirrorless point of view. Would I say, okay, am I going to now jump ship and move up to the mirrorless version of Canon? I can use all my lenses. Will I go for the R6 or will I wait? And will I wait for the R5 to come out and then take the EOS R on the price drop? Because the EOS R will potentially have a price drop when the R5 comes out, potentially. But I think the market demand is still quite high for the EOS R. It's still a phenomenal camera, but the R6 is probably going to sit in between the RP and the current EOS R from a price point of view, but come nowhere near the R5. And you know what? Look, mm. any announcement from Canon for URI is big news regardless. I mean, Canon just released new toilet paper. Oh, yeah. What spec does it have? <laughs> I mean, you know, um, it's something which, you know, I think a lot of people around the world would be quite excited for, but I really don't know what are they trying to do is just to move people from the 60 onto the mirrorless system, probably, because that is the, as they said before, that is the framework and the blueprint of what they're going to to move on to. But um, yeah, build quality, I think, hmm, I don't like the sound of that. I don't like the sound of saying okay. it's not going to be such a good build quality. No, okay, Canon don't make a bad camera. I mean, you know, I was talking during the week with uh, our friend Mally, uh, and he was saying about the, he, the my camera, the 6D, and he, was, he went to the photography, photography show to buy a Canon, and he ended up being talked out of it because of the salesperson that was there, which is telling him how bad the 6D was, even though he was trying to sell it to him. And he said, oh, it's a plastic casing. It's not very strong. I mean, 
look, you know, it's not an aluminium frame body, but I mean, I've never had an issue with my 60. It's perfectly fine. And you know, how many years have I got that? How old is the camera now? It's coming up in 10 years old now this year, because when we spoke about it last May, believe it or not, it was a, last May when we went down to Clarny, the end of May, uh, and we were talking about the RP versus the R. So it's almost a year now at this point, and we were saying about the 60 when it came out, it was nine years old, so it's going to be 10 years old now. And it's still a perfectly good camera. One thing I would say, yeah. why are they releasing a camera on mirrorless and they're not increasing anything in regards to the megapixels? I don't know, Darren. I think it's going to kind of, they're going to try to keep the R6 an affordable camera and that's, that's probably why they're doing it, just so it's more affordable. And they're going to, like you're going to pray for a price point, a hefty price point with the R5 and they're trying to... But the RP will do it grades. for you. The RP is a very good price. And the RP yeah. has higher spec than my own 60. Yeah. Ah, sure. Look, it is what it is. Yeah, interesting. Challenging times, I suppose, to them really, obviously, to be able to get these manufactured, you know. I mean, you said your eyes are watering for the R5. I mean, look, yeah, yeah. I really don't see the benefit of having 8K video. I really don't. Uh, you know, it's just going to take up more space. But anyway, yeah. Interesting news from cool. Canon. Always good news to have, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thanks very much. And thank you very much to Petapixel for those reports. Thank you. We really do appreciate it. And uh, thank you very much for listening to the Irish Photography Podcast, guys. We're going to wrap this up for this week. If you do want to further experience, please do join our Facebook and Instagram pages at the Irish Photography Podcast. All I have to do is name a host on application to join the Facebook group. And all I have to do is name Dermot or Darren, and you will be allowed into the Facebook group too. Keep away the bots and the spammers and all that crack. Darren, thank you very much for coming on to the podcast as you do every week and uh, I'll see you next week buddy yeah good stuff thanks everybody for listening and uh, hey guys if you dig what you're hearing why don't you jump over to iTunes Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts give us a 5 star rating and don't forget to share with your friends with all that done we'll see you next week and remember keep shooting